Hello and welcome to the My Hope Story podcast from Hope Community Church, Balanak. Stories of hope, all about Jesus. Who are we, but sinners saved by grace? Hello, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a while since uh, we've had the podcast on, so you're our first guest back, just in time for summer. Uh, so why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, and uh, what you do in Hope Community Church Balanok? My name's Jordan Gallagher and I'm a member of Hope Community Church Balanok and I have been for nearly two years now, I think. You've put up with the madness for, for two years? Yes. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we will, I'm assuming you've watched some of these, but... Um, in case you haven't, I'll just run through what we'll do. So we'll, we'll chat a bit about uh, you growing up, uh, what your family was like, whether you, you, you know, before you were a Christian, talk a bit about how you were saved and kind of what's been, what's been happening, what Jesus has been doing in your life and kind of since then. All right. Okay. So, uh, hi, take us back to where it all started. So I, I was born in Falkirk. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> wow. Uh, there we go. <laughs> a shock straight away. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in Falkirk and I lived there until I was five with my eight brothers and seven brothers, sorry. Wow. And my mum and dad at the time. That and, is mental. Yep. And but my mum and dad split up, so my mum moved, uh, moved through to Mallow okay. with me and my brothers to be closer to her family after yep. they split up. So. Uh, that's roughly where my, sat, my introduction to Jesus and God came, was around about when I was five actually. Because no long after I moved through to Mallow, my, uh, my brother just underneath me, there's just 14 months separating us, okay. was diagnosed with a brain tumour. Right. So we moved back through to Falkirk to live with my auntie, well, my, uh, obviously when my brother was getting treated in York Hill in Glasgow. Wow, so your mum was staying kind of here to be with your brother and look after your brother, so you moved yep. back, so we back moved to Falkirk. So what age were you when you moved back? So you moved to Glasgow, Motherwell, when you were about five? Yep, and then I moved back through when I was six. You were six, so you were And that was just for the year. Okay, so seven brothers, man, that must be mental, well, especially growing up. Um, wait, where do you come in the order of, of age in there? Uh, so there's three above me and four below me. So you're pretty much in the middle. Yep. But back then there was only five of us. Uh, so I've got my mum's, uh, I've got three wee brothers with yeah. a different dad. So. Okay, cool. So was your mum or any of your family religious at all? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, mum, as far as I remember, my mum always uh, believed there was a God, but never ever uh, followed it up. Like most people, we felt like, most yeah. people say they believe in something or a god to just not committed on don't know enough about it so yeah that, that, i would say that's probably quite quite normal so your brother got a did you say a, a, a brain tumor yeah okay how how was that for you because you were obviously six what do you remember uh, nothing really i remember like like we were kind of protected at the time mum kind of tried to protect us as much as we could and yeah. we just kind of got in life with on my life in Falkirk basically while he was in getting treated in the hospital. So So it's quite a lot to take in 
a year or two. Like, obviously your mum and dad splitting up, that must be quite confusing as it is when you're that age and then your brother taking ill and your mum maybe not being around as often. That must have been quite tough when you were young. Looking back on the effects it had later on, like in the few years after, it was like, but at the time you didn't know, like, I was in primary two at the time, you just kind of got on my life okay. at the time. But. So you say that that's when you maybe started to get introduced to Jesus, how did that come about? So when we were in, uh, at school, we were at, at primary two in Falkirk, and in the primary school there they'd done the nativity play. Alright, cool. At Christmas. Yeah. And I just remember wondering who this Jesus was and who God was so, at the so time. So that was all, all brand new to you then? Yeah. That was the first introduction to like, Jesus or a God at that time. So. Okay, cool. So did you... Was it just school you, you got exposure to that? I know you said none of your family were... Uh, no, so after, uh, after that, uh, my brother was uh, cured, as you call it, because he's been sure when he yeah. got home and he was fine again. And I asked mom, went home and asked mom about God and stuff and okay. what she believed. And she told me she did believe in a God, but she struggled with to how to believe that a God would let her, like, five-year-old uh, son get a brain tumour and suffer along like that, so... Did, did she believe that God cured them as well, though? As much as she was questioning why a God would allow that to happen, what about the um, getting cured, I feel like? We never really went into that conversation that. at that time. Okay. But then, once your mum says something, you at that age, you just kind of believe what mum says. Of course, of course. Okay, so your, your brothers go better, which is obviously excellent. Um, I'm assuming you moved back to Motherwell then? Uh, yeah, I was back in Motherwell, staying again. So what age were you then? Uh, I was six, just after so, I turned six when I moved back okay. through, so I'd done like primary three onwards back in Motherwell again. Okay. And can, can you remember much about school? Were you still questioning Jesus and, and thinking about that? Uh, no, no, the rest of primary school, it just kind of uh, left again. Because my mum had, had mentioned that, so I just took my mum's word for it at the time. Just, just took that as it is? Yeah. Okay. So what was it like growing up in Motherwell then? Uh, we'd stayed in quite a rough area at the time uh, in Motherwell, so it was... And you just kind of, all your pals were rough, so you just followed the roughness of the crowds. <laughs> I can imagine you being, being in with a rough crowd, I'm not going to lie. Alright, oh, changed, changed guy now. Were you a football hooligan? Aye. <laughs> so you're, you're not a Motherwell boy, you know, you're a Rangers boy, aren't you? Aye. Okay, we'll not say anything else about that then. <laughs> um, so, when did you start to... I suppose, find more about God and about Jesus. When, what age were you roughly then? Uh, I think we started, in primary seven, we started going to a, a, what I now know is like a youth group running, like a wee club running a Friday night okay. uh, by uh, Roman Road in Mullow, actually. They ran the club. And they'd run it for 50, uh, 50 years, actually. So is that a, is that a church that ran that? Or? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. a church that ran it in the school building on a Friday night. So that was, they would have the Bible talk at the end of that every time. But you got to go and play football with your pals in somewhere that wasn't raining and yeah, cold and wet. So I'm assuming you went, just for like you said, there just to get off the streets to somewhere to just kick about rather than for the God stuff. Yeah. But, 
when did you start to get interested then in, in that chat that came at the end of the night? Well, after it wasn't it, it was another youth club actually in uh, Roman Road that we started going along okay. to, and then that started to remind me of my uh, younger years and when I, I remembered back to asking my mum mm -hmm. about God and stuff. Right. So then, although you'd although you try and act cool in front of your pals and pretend you weren't listening, yeah. I would really be you were still taking like, in. taking in what they were saying and stuff. And that's what God does. That like he, he speaks yeah. to you. Um, and only, you know, it doesn't matter if you're coming across as you're paying attention or not, but it's in your heart, it's in your heart, you know, so. What was it like then, we'll go away from the, the God stuff just for a moment, but what was it like for you in high school then? I'm assuming high school in Motherwell, yeah? Yeah, it was still high school in Motherwell. Uh, school was rough. I never ever, like, I never enjoyed school. I didn't yeah. go in uh, too well in school. Uh, sometimes I felt like a teacher didn't like me, but at the, that was at the time. Looking back, it was probably my, like my attitude wasn't very well in school and stuff. Can I imagine you having a bad attitude? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never been a good student in no. any sort of aspect of life. So, did you get into trouble a lot then when you were in high school? Uh, yeah, I got kicked out of school quite a lot actually for doing silly stuff. Okay. Like. I want you to fit in, yeah. and to fit in you need to do silly stuff in school, so. So did you become a bit of the class clown, or? Aye, uh, and there'd be times where you'd just do stupid stuff that you'd end up getting kicked, you'd be the one that gets kicked out of school while everybody that's egging you on is still there, because yeah. you're the one that was silly enough to go do what they wanted you to do, so. What was it like being a teenager in, in a household full of, you know, seven other brothers, or? About that, that time, what was that like? That must have been a bit, a bit of a, I suppose, try to be the alpha, <clears throat> I'd imagine, in that household. What was it like? Uh, well, I actually spent a lot of my time out with the household, actually, because as you probably gathered at school, I liked a lot of attention, and, and being in the house with seven other boys, it was difficult to get, so yeah. I spent a lot of my time out with the house and stuff, so they rest to avoid that. So. Yeah. so I'm assuming you kind of grew up living with your mum. Were you in touch with your dad during all this time? Eh, uh, well, I was for the first four or five years, I think, after uh, yeah. my mum and dad split up. And then my uh, little brother got cancer again, the same one. Got cancer a second time, and this time the cancer for the brain tumour had spread into his bones. Right. And Going back 17 years ago, like it was, like nowadays, everybody just about knows somebody with cancer. Yeah. We're back 17 years ago, it was very rare that yeah. somebody would know somebody with cancer. And, uh, but then this was also a very rare kind of cancer that my brother had. And he'd, he'd been given days to live. Wow. And my mum uh, my wanted to give my brother the chemotherapy. Yeah because my mum clinged on to the hope that it might save him. Yeah. Where although the doctor had told them that it wouldn't work, my dad didn't want to give the chemotherapy, right, okay. just because, well, as anybody knows that had chemotherapy, it just eh, drains the life out of you, basically, makes you so tired and drowsy when you're on it. So my dad wanted to spend the last few days with my little brother while he was still alert and, as he was, yeah. and was able to say, 
uh, goodbye to him and stuff. So that caused a, a big argument between I can imagine. Uh, my mum and dad because they had so different opinions on something that was so important at the time. And basically, uh, because my mum thought that my dad was making the wrong decisions for the uh, uh, for my brother, he stopped him seeing us. Uh, she'd stopped him seeing us. But like a week later, after things had calmed down, she then turned around and said, "Look, uh, it was silly. We can come back and see them again." Yeah. And okay. uh, we hadn't seen them for ten years. Wow. <laughs> ten years later, and he still hadn't came back to see us again. Wow. So jump forward now, but do you speak to him now? Uh, we did come into contact about five years ago okay. again at my stepbrother's wedding, and we'd seen him. Uh, We'd seen him again for three years, again, and uh, I'd stopped, I, I kind of put a stop to it then, after right. that, but we'll come to that later yeah. on this way. I'm sure we will. Okay, so, enough of the serious <laughs> stuff for a wee minute, because that was getting a bit deep. Yeah. Um, so, back to your teenage years then, so you're, yep. a bit of a, you're a bit of a lad, try to fit in, try to show off a wee bit, you're kind of getting into some trouble in school. <sighs> But you're also going along in these youth clubs and you're starting to hear about Jesus and hear about God and you're, you're clearly taking it in. So you mentioned that you started going to this other club. Was that primarily focused on God or was it the same again, a youth club, but they threw a bit of God in? What was the script of that? Yeah, it was probably this, uh, uh, the youth club, but they threw a bit of God in. But it was probably a bit more intense. Okay. Obviously, it was aimed at older kids, so yep. it was a bit more intense than what it was before. And then through this youth club, they took us up to a Christian youth camp okay. up at uh, Pit Lockery, actually. Oh, yeah, I've been there, I've been there, yeah. So, okay. So, was that like a, a weekend away that you'd basically have fun and they try and teach you a wee bit about God? That's my experience with going to these weekends away. Well, at this, uh, it was a summer one, it uh, was the first one I'd went to, and in the morning, uh, so in the morning, like after breakfast, you'd all get in the meeting hall and then they'd have a, like an hour Bible teaching basically. Yeah. So they'd teach through the Bible for an hour and then you spend the day doing activities and then at night they'd have like the gospel, a gospel talk basically for aim more at your unsafe kids that they okay. think so it was. Could be quite intense. If, so what age are you then? Yeah, I was 14 come this point. 14, okay. And... What's your thoughts on God then? So you've obviously, you were five, six when you first started, you know, finding out who God was, but mm. your mum kind of put that to rest with the same, you know, what she said. Mm. You've then been getting this wee bit of conversation at the end of a youth club. You're now at more of an intense uh, time away. Um, so what's your thoughts on God during this time? Well, the thoughts were actually getting more intense at this uh, weekend, uh, this week away at the youth camp, because they basically they told everybody to bring a, a Bible and a notepad in with them. That was yeah. a requirement to come in, basically. And all my friends at the time would uh, just scribble on it, basically, but <laughs> I was actually writing notes on what the person was saying. So, 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 your, really so, your, friends, so your friends are with you during this, this yeah. week away as well, yeah? Yeah. I'm assuming they're just there for the banter. No, and that's what I sort of was there for as well, actually. But it, you know, uh, you're obviously something's happening in your own. You're, yep. you're starting to 
So you're you're writing stuff stuff down during mm-hmm. these gospel teachings. Can you remember anything specifically that you might have wrote down? That... Uh, no, specifically wrote wrote down, but I used to like. Uh, actually, Dave Stevenson, one of our members, was a used to be a leader at this oh, this camp. Okay. And didn't know that. So uh, you knew each other then when you were a boy. No, nah, we knew each. He knew how much a tour I was at these camps. <laughs> He'll be able to tell you more about that, but I used to speak to uh, leaders and stuff yeah. and ask them questions and stuff. And at the po- at that point, I was really, I really felt like I was really starting to get it, and I felt like in my head that I wanted to get saved at the time as folk called it. But then the youth camp ended actually, and life just went back to normal. You'd be doing your normal. Yeah. Keep, uh, causing trouble during the week and going to this youth club on a Friday night again. So, you mentioned that you felt as if you were ready to get saved, um, is what everyone calls it. What to you was getting saved, do you think? So, uh, brought up in the church hours and you always, you can always get taught that you say the prayer and ask Jesus into your heart uh, and stuff. So, I, I felt I was getting closer to that stage that almost like I'd understood enough to then get saved, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So were you going to church as well as going to this youth club? Were you uh, we were. We were uh, by this point, we were actually going along to the church on a Sunday as well. Was that you as a family, everyone? Uh, no, that was yeah. just me and a couple of my friends. Okay, okay. And what, what, what do you remember from the Sunday services? Were they, what were they like? Long, boring. Yeah, for a teenager or that thingy, but you got lunch after it. At that time, it was, yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, and mm. it's difficult enough to try to pay attention during a, a sermon, never mind being a, being a teenager, um, especially if it's, and I don't know what the, what the preacher was like, but um, at least some preachers can, can keep you engrossed in it, but if they're long and boring, then there's certainly nothing worse. Were you in the main... What do you know about that, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me tell you, <laughs> our sermons used to last about an hour. <laughs> um, both my afraid I thought So were you always just in the main kind of sermon or did you ever go to like um, Sunday school or, or Bible study or anything like that? Uh, no, there was a Bible study after it, so we stay in the main sermon and then go through the Bible, like a youth Bible study afterwards. And got lunch. Oh, which, which is the most important part. That's what keeps you up. Yeah. So what do you remember for the Bible studies then? Was, what was the person like that led that? Did they make it engaging? Did they try and teach you? Nothing comes back from memory actually. No. no. Clearly there's something that you don't want to say bad things about so we'll just move on. <laughs> no. Fair play. Okay, so you've came in, you've been at that week away. You've... Um, you think some notes, feels a bit more intense. You felt as if you were pretty much ready to, to, to ask Jesus into your heart and be saved, but you says kinda of after that mm-hmm. once you go back home life went back to normal. Yeah. Were you conscious about that? Uh, not at the time, no. It just kinda of happened and everything just went in the back burner, but these weeks away are so intense, you're so focused, you're surrounded with Christians running about you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even as a non Christian, you go home on a high, basically. You do, absolutely. I, I've been at a number of them. I was saved at one of them. Um, mm. 
I'm sure it was actually Pete that was doing a teaching and then I somehow got saved after back here. But, um, uh, okay, so life's gone back to normal. Um, you're what, 14, 15? I was 14 at the time. Okay, so you've gone back to being a mentor, <coughs> um, Was it? Did any of your friends kind of take anything away from it? Was it? Yeah, no, nah, no, 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 but then no. Okay, so, so when did you start to take God seriously then? Well, it was actually late uh, that September, so the camp was in June, mm-hmm. and then we had the church was running a big questions week. Okay. So every night of the week, it, uh, they'd focus on different uh, subjects, basically, and uh, we'd have a speaker along. And it, but it was a, it was actually the same speaker every night that t- that night, and one of the one of the topics was is why does God allow suffering. And, and, that, and that puts you right back to when you were five, six years old. Yeah. Okay. So talk, talk me through that then, how you, what you remember about that. So I just, it's still a bit, all the years are still a bit of a blur to me, but I just remember how he'd answered the question. So, like, I felt like no one else was in the room at the time. I felt like mm-hmm. he was just speaking to me at the time. Uh, and he just answered the question that my mum, uh, had asked all the years ago, so uh, he couldn't have answered it better. Actually, just pointed out to how like sin led to yeah. all these things happening. It was us that destructed, destroyed the world through our sin. It wasn't God made God didn't make the world that way. It was through our sin and our sinful choices that led to these different things happening, and it just really spoke to me. Like. I didn't care that my fr- eh, at the time that my friends were there. Like he had that interest in God was had always been at the back of my mind. Yeah. And the thing always barring it was the eh, was the question that my mum had. And obviously suffering eh, what eh, see my brother suffer the twice. And obviously the second time I had that I was twelve at the time. So I was much more understanding of what was going on at the time. But he just removed any doubt that I had in my head eh? that it wasn't like it wasn't God that caused the suffering; it was yeah. our sin that caused it. So, wait, age was your brother the first time it happened? Yeah, he was five. He was five, so just just younger than you. Yeah. What about you? Obviously, you understand that humans brought sin out of the world, destroyed kind of how things were supposed to be but you being a teenager did you did you ever think that well wait a minute my brother was five years old he doesn't know what sin is he's, he's not a bad child did that ever cross your mind or, or did, did this just answer it for you i think at the time the second time the second time it sort of like got processed through my head more like i was like what, like I was questioning why him, like mm-hmm. especially guess is the second time he's had that. Yeah. And like I was eight years. Why did it have to be yeah. the same him twice? Yeah. Because like and I, and I could have spoke for any of my brothers at the time. You'd have took it off him mm-hmm. if we could. I'm sure he's with us. Hundred percent. So you're at this this week where they're asking. Um, what was it called? It the big question. The big question week. Uh, um, you've been going to church. Why, why did it take from that moment, do you think, just to really speak to you? Why, 
What was the whole point of going to church on a Sunday if it hadn't really been speaking to you too much? It was just something to do on a Sunday. And I don't know why. Like, even looking back now, I, t- I couldn't even answer the question of why church, because there's, mm-hmm. like, if you ask many teenagers out there, like, church is the last place they'd want to go to hang Absolutely. out in. But Absolutely. I just kept drawing me back. I'm not, I couldn't even answer why, why church. It's God at work, isn't it? Yeah. It's God at work, and it's amazing how they used that question, that teacher answered that question for you, and it, that was a moment. Because that took you right back to where you were first questioning who God is. Uh, that's amazing. That is. Absolutely amazing. So talk me through what happened next then. So you've, you've had this answered. You now understand sin. Um, what, what's, what happens next? <clears throat> so next, uh, it was the next night actually is, uh, is the night I decided that I was going to take it more, uh, like become a Christian and start taking things more serious. Yeah. Uh, and when I start telling my close friends and stuff, my close, uh, that I was a Christian, I told my mum. And then obviously I went and told the folk at church that I got saved and stuff. So, so that's when I... So let, let's break, break that process down then. So you decided, yeah, this Jesus guy is for me. Um, I, I need to be saved. I, I need to be... I need, um, yeah, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. Um, that's the it's only hope I've got kind of thing. So you said earlier that you, you started telling your closest friends. How did that go? Can you remember those conversations? Well, they were the ones actually uh, that went came to church with me. So okay. like they were uh, there was two of them, and they were the they were they've been my closest friends through all my primary and high school basically. And so were they quite supportive then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And were they are they Christians? Uh, no, they they stayed through church all the, all the way through high school as far as I can remember, but, but never, uh, never. never ever got saved. Fair enough. And what about your mum? How, how did she take it? Uh, she's always been, mum's always been very supportive, but it's just, she still kind of got over the yeah. full cancer and the suffering. Yeah, no, listen, that's, that's understandable. I couldn't imagine what that's like, but... So your mum was supportive. What about the rest of your your brothers? Were they? How did they react to it? Uh, they kind of made fun of it to begin with, but yeah. that's kind of what brothers do. As soon as they pick, find something they can pick on, then for being a wee bit different, then they're picking it. But you generally were supportive of that. Uh, uh, they were quite supportive yeah. in the end. Excellent. So did you? So you've been saved. What did you expect to happen next? Because I remember when I was saved, I thought everything's going to be hunky dory now. Is that kind of what you were thinking? Were you thinking, or did you know that in fact life's going to be pretty tough now? What was your thoughts? Uh, no, I did expect God to take all my problems away. Like you do, you have that high after. You have that high coming and hitting you. And, uh, you just expect everything in your life's going to be better. Yeah. So what was life like after you've been saved then? So you're what, fifth, still kind of 15? Yeah, 15, I was, nearly, I was nearly 15 at the time, I think. Okay. So did, did anything change for you in, in school then? Because you were quite a bit of a toe rag, getting out of trouble. Um, but now you're, now you're saved and now you're, you're, you're trying to follow Jesus. Did, did your behaviours then change? Uh, looking back, my behaviours did actually okay. change uh, in home and in uh, 
uh, at at school. Mum quite often uh, quite often references how uh, going to church has totally uh, did completely change me. I don't know how much she matches together becoming a Christian or just uh, the going to yeah, church. But. Fair enough, fair enough. And did any of your kind of teachers or anything recognise <clears throat> changes or that ever get mentioned to you? No, they never ever uh, mentioned it. Obviously in classes I was getting better grades than I probably was getting and I was then. Uh, but even some of them were still totally like in six years, they, they wouldn't help me get into uni just because they wouldn't be, uh, they knew what it was like. Well, they knew what it was like before and just expected yeah. that to. Uh, like obviously, I didn't talk, tell them that anything changed. I didn't tell that, that my teacher I became a Christian or anything. But just because they knew how much a troublemaker I was before, they thought they would be wasting their time helping me get into yeah. university. So. And what about the, the people that you were trying to impress? You mentioned a lot about trying to fit in, and that's where a lot of this kind of class clown behaviour came from. What about those people? Were they still egging you on? Were they like, why are you no, why are you no doing this anymore? Did any of that ever come up? No, I just naturally distanced myself away and hung about with my two friends that I normally mm-hmm. hung about with, like outside school and stuff. So I just naturally distanced myself. Okay, so that was quite an easy transition for you then? Yeah. That's good. So, um, so what happens then after after high school? Yeah, after high school, I, it was two years later I then eventually got baptised. I was actually a few years for the youth club, but got baptised around about then. So were you still going to the youth club then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'd stayed on in that youth club for years and years actually. I take it you then came, became a leader, didn't you? Yeah. So, two years later you are baptised, so what, 16, 17? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I was 16 when I got baptised. So what was baptism then? So baptism was where, when you follow Jesus' command to uh, get baptised in water to show that you've died to sin and been give, uh, given your life in Christ. So I think a lot of people associate baptism or christenings Probably mainly christenings, because it's, it's mainly parents get their, their, their children christened. I think a lot of that, and I, I probably understood this as well when I was younger, but a lot of people might think that baptised then leads you to become saved. And that, that's not the case. You want to just clarify that for people that are maybe watching? Yep, so baptism comes as a command to, uh, from Christ to show that you're... Uh, to show that you have been saved and that you are living a different life, you're living a life in Christ. So it's a command to do after you're saved. And I always made the mistake that when I was younger, I, I left it two years because I felt that I had to get to, I had to be ready for it, I had to get yeah. a certain position where that's not actually the case. Quite often you'll find the scripture is, is they're saved and they're never baptised. It was almost a foot of one. Yeah, if it was like just one motion basically. Yeah, okay. And, and Pete always illustrated baptism as as supporting a team. You know, you've you've already been a supporter and you're following that team. It's now the baptism's putting on the, the football shirt and, and showing that you're a you're a supporter and you're a follower of that club and that, that always kinda of stuck with me. Um Okay, so you've you've been baptised, you and a couple of people from the from the youth group. Um what do you remember about that? Because I, I remember my baptism. Yep, so it was 
those three years getting baptised in the same day actually. So it was just one after another, but I remember uh, all my family, like all my brothers and my mum and my stepdad all came out to see her. Brilliant. Brilliant. Which was uh, important, really important for me at the time. That's good. Uh, so I always felt that, like I felt a big deal of that because it, in one sense it showed they accepted that I've changed and I'm, that I'm a Christian now and stuff. Excellent. So you mentioned your stepdad there. When did, when did, what age were you when he kind of came into your life? Uh, that was almost immediate, like almost immediately after my mum and dad split up. Okay. Um, how was that for you? Were you, did you get on with him all right from the get-go or? I did. Uh, there was a few times that he'd kind of, we'd kind of fight, but, uh, uh, and then obviously you'd say the hurtful stuff that you normally see, uh, like men in their life, it's not that you yeah. know your real you're dad and stuff. Don't tell me what to do, you'll know my dad. But looking back, he's he's been a great support uh, in our lives, in my life. Good, good, okay. But it's, you've not actually mentioned where he is, is he a Christian? No. Eh, no. no. So I'm the only one in my family, like whole family, that is a Christian. Wow, that's a, you've got a lot of preaching to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're baptised. Um, well, what happens next then after that? You're still going to this youth club. Yep. I'm assuming you're still going to church. Yep. Is church still boring for you? or? Uh, no, there is more. They got, you still got your boring weeks when you uh, you get the speakers that you, ha- uh, you struggle to engage with. But you just get some messages that speak to you more than yep. the other one does. And you often find that if, that's, if that message isn't speaking to you, it'll be speaking to somebody sitting next to you. Yeah, that's yeah, a very selfless way to look at it. So. Fair play to you. Mm-hmm. But when I'm bored, I'm, I'm, bored, I'm probably not getting it. Everybody else is <laughs> sitting there. Okay, so you're still going to church. Um, you're enjoying it more, which is good. You're probably learning more from it because you're, you're maybe paying more attention. Um, you've been baptised. You've, uh, I'm assuming, either left school or, or leaving school at this point. Yeah, we'll what kind of happens after that? I'm just leaving and then I go to college and stuff, but uh, and then I become a member, like no long after, too long after that, I become a member of Roman Road. Okay. And so, uh, so what? Sticking on the membership of a church then, because that might come across to some people a bit, a bit weird. Why, why do I need to be a member of a church? Why can't I just turn up on a Sunday? If I'm a member, does that mean I need to? Do I need to pay? Do, do am I then? have responsibilities, talk us through with, with the church membership kind of meant to you at that time. It might look a bit different from membership in our church, but talk, talk us through that. So the membership for that, uh, when I was joining that church, it was just showing that you were committing with that uh, group of people in that church. It means you're committing to the walk, uh, walking alongside them, yep. uh, like preaching to the same, like trying to reach and evangelise together and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it's just to show that you're part of of a, of a body of uh, other members that are all all working at the same goal ultimately. Yep. Um, okay, so was that did that feel normal to you? Did you think that was the, the right approach to do, or did you ever question that? Yeah, no, I never felt myself questioning. It was just I was all very new, and even though it was two years in, it was still all very new to me, and it was just, this is what you're doing. Buzzing on life, just just taking 
probably relying on maybe some of the older guys for the church just yep. kind of helping you lead you through that. Yep, and this is the, that's just what you done as a Christian. I mean, uh, when you go to that church, you just join it basically. So it was just all part of the kind of process at the time. Okay. So you mentioned there you went college. What did you do at college? Uh, so I was mentioned that I never got in, uh, I never got any help getting to university. So I'd left college. I'd left school uh, halfway through sixth year okay. to do a IT course. Right. So my options at the time were to stay and pass my pass four hires to get into college course, or I could have went to a college and done a easy course. So I chose the easy course. <laughs> chose the easy route. Yeah. Okay. So what what was that like for you? Because ultimately that's not the route you've then took. But what do you remember about that time? It was I really enjoyed the wee easy college course. And then it was one thing started to get tough that I realised that sort of IT wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. What college did you go to? Hey, Motherwell College. Motherwell. Okay, so you just staying in your Motherwell bubble. Yeah. Um, so how, how long did you do the easy course for? Yeah, that was only six months. And then I moved on to HNC, which was a year. Okay, so the, the, the six months in it started to become a... A difficult course and not an easy course and yep. you patched it at that point? No, I actually stuck through that course. I just didn't right. end past that and I just didn't take it any further. Okay. I went and got a job as a carer in the community. Right. Through Crossreach, which is under the Church of Scotland actually. Okay. That's cool. What was that like? What was what entailed in that job? Uh, so there was a lot of different stuff. So you'd uh, a lot of time you'd go pick up clients for their own homes and take them out in the community and to support them uh, to do their shopping or take them to cinema. Uh, I actually took them on holiday to places like Tenerife and Benidorm right. a lot and stuff for a, so for a week and stuff like that. All paid for? Yeah, yeah. Cool, huh? But it was, a, job. it was a full working holiday so yeah. and like you're working 24 hours of the day oh, so whatever I'm, hours I'm sure were. I could do that on the beach, <laughs> no bother. <laughs> whenever your services were required. Then you need you needed to be there, but how long did you do that for? Eh, for eight years actually. Wow, did you? Sure. I'm assuming you enjoyed it then. Have you stuck it? Aye, it was the other pre holidays. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. It was a it was a great rewarding job for the guys that you took out and stuff and what eh, right back at the start you had to have a commitment to Jesus at the time. That, eh? That's exactly what I was going to ask. Because you said that it was kind of under the Church of Scotland umbrella. Was it expected of you to? One, be a Christian, and two, was it part of your job to evangelise or anything like that? Did they expect that of you? So they expected you to have a belief in Jesus, like, uh, and you weren't allowed to preach to your... Uh, well, that's a bit backwards. Okay. <laughs> that got, I'm, I'm well, probably not surprised by it, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a bit backwards if you ask me, but... We'll, we'll not get onto any, any, any of that. Um, okay, so you've, you're doing that while you're at college. You've done that six months IT course. You then said you went on to do a HND? No, HNC. HNC, what was that? Yeah, just an IT again. Just I thought I'd follow up this six months course to see how I'd enjoy it. And you didn't? And I didn't. Okay. So what happened after that then? Yeah, that's when I got this job in the, uh, as a carer in the community. So how did you end up going? Was that what then inspired you to now follow being a nurse, which we will get on to speaking about? But 
How, how did that kind of transition? What made you go down that path? So I wanted something different and uh, the roots for kind of caring in the community is either social work or nursing roughly, okay. which was my thinking thoughts at the time and I really didn't want to become a social worker so it was nursing it was. It was nursing, cool. So did you go straight to uni or did, were you allowed to go straight to uni for that or? Uh, well there was actually, uh, there was eight years in between. <laughs> wow, okay. There was, eight, there was eight years in my T course and actually going into well, that's, nursing. That's quite a gap. So you're okay. So you're in this job, then in this caring community job, but then uni comes way down the line. Yeah. Okay. So talk talk <laughs> us through kind of what what you've been doing then away from your job. You you, you mentioned you stuck with the, the youth the youth club that you were going to. Did you become a leader there? Yeah. Yep. I moved on to become a leader and help, uh, and then I'd. Uh, moving into like even doing the Bible slots uh, that they've done there, as they call, as I called it anyway. The Bible slots, what's a Bible slot? So that's the, that was the part of the youth club where they've done uh, talk through the Bible yeah, okay. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just like pick a few verses and try and make it relevant to the kids that they're going to. So how many experience. kids did you have then when you were a leader? Uh, could have went in this in 50 75 some weeks, or some weeks it'd be between 10 and 15. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. it was, uh, during the winter months, you definitely find your numbers rise, and then when it gets hotter outside, your numbers would... Of course, because they're out playing football outside. Oh, right again. So that was my... Uh, I was only about 19, I think, when I uh, became a leader. And so what was it like for you then, doing this Bible slot in front of all these kids? I was nervous, because I, a lot of them, I wasn't much older than at the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of them I'd even went through, uh, I'd even went through some of the youth club with be yeah. friends with but you just done it and tried to make it as interesting as possible mm -hmm. okay and was that ever was that ever a goal was it to did you ever want to work in ministry whenever you were doing this yeah uh, it was all going through uh, I, th I always thought ministry could have been uh, could have been an option for me. Yeah. Sounds as if they're having too much fun in there for a Bible study, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that was my kind of Bible study, that was it. <laughs> yeah. But it was always kids, children's uh, yeah. ministry, I thought I was aiming at. But I was in uh, the church. Well, what I felt the church was doing is they were leading me to become a preacher, actually. Okay. They were trying to, because I felt that like I felt that they had felt that they didn't have enough young men coming through to preach basically at the time. Because I was always interested in the kids' work and uh, like I volunteered to at a younger kids' group on a Friday night as well eventually. So were you up for preaching then? Uh, at the beginning, I, d I definitely didn't think it was for me. Actually, no, I still don't think it's for me. But You've preached though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I've done... Okay. Uh, I've done uh, in the uh, Roman Road was a brethren church where you kind of got round around different uh, different churches preaching yeah. and I could get opportunities in my own church to uh, preach but uh, in 2017 I think it was, between 2016 and 2017 I was preaching like twice a month wow. okay so when I Maybe jump forward, maybe not, you can keep it right here, but we're talking about Amy purely because 
this podcast has got a history of being terrible <laughs> at actually talking about their partners and remembering things. We're only 45 minutes in here with Um So, <laughs> so when, when did you meet Amy? Uh, well, I kind of met Amy at school and through the youth clubs. So okay. Right. So we've been together nine years this year. There you go. Where is he so, again? Uh, I'm 28 this year. You're getting old, man. Getting old. Okay, so, so Amy's at this youth club with you then, um, yeah. and you are kind of leaders together and, and all the rest of it then, yeah? Uh, well, we were actually uh, members of the uh, We actually went to the youth club together first, actually. Okay. So, uh, we were at the youth club together in... Isn't that cute? Things led. <laughs> Things led to where they are now. Right. Married and two kids. There we go. Eh? Bet no. you wouldn't have thought that, would you? No. Okay, so what have you been doing then? In between, you know, you're, you're, you're doing these Bible um, parts at the youth club, you're maybe dabbling in a wee bit of preaching um, at your church, you've got this, this care, care in the community job, um, what happens in between all of that and, and kind of going to you need to go down the nurse route anything stand out to you no i just i was getting more and more involved in uh, roman road uh, just more of the activities that i was coming to lead and uh, i helped lead a soup kitchen for okay. the uh, for the uh, for homeless folk and people in Mullow where they come into church and we'd uh, We'd provide uh, like a hot meal for them, which usually like soup and then a cooked breakfast. And did um, you ever use that as an opportunity to try and uh, yep. teach you? Uh, me and my uh, friends usually were out serving and often uh, brought opportunity to sit along beside them. And uh, so we thought it was more suitable to draw alongside the, uh, draw alongside people and uh, yeah. bring in opportunities to preach to them, which more often than not actually came. Like it helped out it was in a church building because it quite often bring up, brought up a conversation yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then at like Christmas and Easter and stuff you would then and like other occasions you would have uh, we'd ask sometimes ask like a church member to come in and just stand up at the front and preach and stuff. Okay. And like Christmas we'd quite often sing songs and get a cooked dinner and stuff. So were they usually quite receptive of that or? Uh, yeah, a lot of them were. Uh, you'd. Uh, you could pick up vibes off people quite easily, yeah. of how, uh, quite quickly, of how receptive they're going to be to you, and you kind of just adjust your conversation as mm-hmm. as you go. So that's cool. So you're getting heavily involved in the church. Where where is your personal walk with Jesus? Because it's quite easy to throw yourself <coughs> in the church and throw yourself at all these different activities and mm-hmm. and all that, but completely lose your own your own walk. Where, where are you at with, with Jesus during this time? Well, I think, looking back, I think I looked for opportunities to preach because I liked the discipline of sitting down and studying the Bible and stuff. Yeah. There'd be times where I'd sit and realise that I am thinking, eh, my walk is alright at the time and I'm reading now and again, but I shouldn't have been relying, I knew at the time I shouldn't have been relying on these preaching opportunities too. Well, that's what I was uh, going to say, if you didn't have those preaching opportunities, did the discipline fall away? The discipline of studying would have, uh, did fall away at the times, so, like, and, and it's important to have that depth even if you're not yeah, preaching and stuff. Okay. So what would you, like old cliche question, what would you, if you could now go back to yourself when you were that age and 
what, what would you tell yourself uh, for your own personal walk with Jesus? Well, my, and it's not even what I would, uh, just what I would tell myself, but my, my friend and probably my mentor in the church at the time always used to always say to me, like, make sure your walk's right before you're out doing anything else for Jesus. Always make sure your walk's right before you're out preaching elsewhere. And it's easy to go, aye, aye, no bother. Yep. And uh, half the time, a lot of the time I did, uh, admittedly, go, aye, aye, it's fine. Yeah. But. And then, you know, you go through peaks and trophy mm. where you go all for it, and you just burn yourself out, and you go, you just maybe don't pick up a Bible for however long, you know. And it, it happens to all of us. Um, okay, so your walk with Jesus is kind of up and down. You're maybe not as disciplined if you as you would like to be. Um, however, you, you know, you're still throwing yourself at the church. Does there anything else stand out to you then during that time before you start uni? No, I just, through that time, I just always had that feeling inside that if I'm busy, if I'm singing, my walk's good. Yeah. If I'm busy, if I'm keeping active in the church, if I'm doing good and if everybody else sees me as doing well, like, I guess it's like saying, when I was back at school, I wanted to please like yeah. all the other clowns, class clowns basically at the time yeah. were in, I guess, partly as I moved into church that although the, my behaviour changed, the, mo- the motive to please everybody around about me probably didn't change too much. And would you say that was a, was there any specific sin that you struggled with or was it that, was it more that try to please people? that you think uh, you battled with? Uh, the constant battle in my uh, life is, 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 is probably no surprising, but it's control. So if I could control with keeping busy and the, uh, keeping busy preaching, keeping busy running the soup kitchen, keeping busy getting as involved in the kind of church so that I could like control the way everybody else thought about me, basically, at the time. Yeah. And you say, do you still struggle with that? Yep. It's a... Uh, it's a constant battle actually and it, that pr- probably hit me harder than uh, it, it ever did when my first uh, my daughter was born actually she's my oh, first she born yeah okay um, which we can talk about later on but for anyone maybe praying for you could be praying that you you maybe offload some of that control onto, onto God and just put it in his hands but I'm sure we can we can pray for that later on okay so what made you then decide to go down the 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 route of of uni then? So you says it was either social work or nursing. So you went into nursing, and you started going to uni. What what was life like at, at uni? You've only just finished, so you should be able to yep. be able to tell us that. Yeah, it was pretty hectic. Like again, the remember the reminder came since I started. I, I just don't like being a student. <laughs> I don't like learning. Like I much like prefer being on the job and things. So the placements were always much better but also during I think it was during my first year at uni is when we started coming to Hope okay and during my first year at uni was also when my first child was born <laughs> so, oh, that was so when, did you, when did you and Amy get married was that just before you got married uh, 2017 we got married okay and when did you start uni uh, a year later I think okay. it was so you were at least you were already married and got that out of the way yeah is that stressful enough um, okay so Let's talk about kind of that first year then. So you're at uni, how did you find out about Hope? 
Well, we were actually through different complications and uh, stuff in Mold, in Roman Road. We were looking to leave actually. Okay. And we did leave uh, at the time uh, we left. So how did you make that decision to leave? You don't even know the reason why you left, but you were obviously there a long time. So how, how did you eventually make that decision? Did you do you remember if you spent any time praying over it and, and anything like that? Uh, always, I always did reflect on it and it's still like it was the church I was brought up in it was the church I was saved in it was the only church I'd known yeah. so I do often I do often look at back at life in Roman Road and what it was like but there was just the church was moving in a direction that I didn't agree, uh, didn't agree with they were, I felt they were overlooking stuff that shouldn't have been overlooked and stuff mm-hmm. at the time okay. so I just felt that it was time for us to move on because I didn't believe that anything would change at the time. Fair enough. So, sorry, you were saying how you end up finding um, Hope Balanak. How did you come across us? So we were we were looking for a church where uh, I couldn't just get busy. Like I knew the next church I need I wanted to go into that I did want to focus on getting myself right with Jesus at the time, and I didn't want to go to a church where I could just go in there, get busy, and yeah. everybody will see me at the time, oh, I need to move a step in the right direction, eh? at least help put myself in an environment that yeah. would like that to happen. And I actually kind of mind how, like I'd heard of 20 schemes before, but it was through speaking to Tommy Wright that we'd actually heard of Berlanock and right. coming so through did, here. So did you know Berlanock as a, as a place? Eh, no, I never knew it existed. Okay. I drove through and past it, went around past it, going to the fort many times and couldn't have even told you it was here. Okay. So, how did you know Tommy? Was that just because you were local each other? Uh, yeah, he, used, uh, he went to another church in Mother that used to run a cafe on uh, Thursday that we used to, and I used to take one of my clients for my care and a community job to that right. uh, cafe. And, just kind of everybody in the brother knows everybody, so yeah. just kind of learn to know everybody. Okay. And so he, he kind of had mentioned um, Hope Balanak to you? <laughs> he knew that we were uh, looking for another church, and it, uh, I think he had an idea at the time what kind of church that we were looking for, and he'd suggested. So what do you remember about your first day then? Because it would have been in, uh, in the Calvary Centre. It was. What do you remember about that? Uh, I remember coming in and uh, the first thing to, uh, Tommy pointed out to me was a cool shirt Stephanie was wearing actually. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephanie was my first uh, member that I'd met as I came in. Yeah, okay. So I remember that. There's actually. definitely worse members you could have you spoke to first. There was. But, uh, and there was a lunch as well after the go. service, that was definitely a bonus. Yeah. And what did you make of the sermons? Who was preaching that day, was it? Yeah, it was, it was Pete Stewart, I was preaching that day. What, did you, what do you remember about that? Because uh, I'm assuming completely different from what you were used to. <laughs> it was almost an like, uh, uh, I remember that it was, it was going through, a, I can't even, I think it was, no, I'm not even going to take a guess on what <laughs> book we were going through at the time. But I remember it was just an expository yeah. preaching that word he was doing and I always, I always thought that was important. Yeah. And uh, and Tommy told me that they they went through the books as well, which I always find is important because uh, 
and Roman Road it was quite often disc passages for here, there and just yeah. wherever the speaker yeah. chose to uh, preach from that week so it was difficult to get any continuity through it there. Well that's the difference mm-hmm. because it's, it's someone different every week, at least here, I mean that's one of the things that at least Pete is, <laughs> is organised <coughs> with, knowing, knowing what's going to be preached throughout the year and, and making it you know gospel centred so um, so that's at least at least something we can we can yeah, at least here's a lot of at least okay so you've come in um, you've met Steph and, and, and that's great you've heard a bit of preaching you've had lunch what what did you go away thinking did you think yeah this might be a good place for us or well we didn't try anywhere else so okay there you go <laughs> job done right, I think we just we just kept saying we'll see how we feel next week, we'll see how we feel next week and we just kept yeah, going. It just kept going like that. Are you still are you still going on a Sunday morning? We'll see how we feel next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we're we are fa- uh, fairly settling in. Good, good. Uh, it's it's good to have you here. Um so you then had uh, had a baby. Yeah. Also all in this time. Um, you knew it was last pregnant when you first came in? When we first came in the door, I, I think she had a month to go. Wow, wow. That must be mental for you. Like, you're obviously starting a whole new chapter in, in your life with uni. You're coming to a new church. Amy's about to pop. What would you, you must have just been totally stressed out during that time. It was a whole upheaval and just Juliana coming along just crushed everything I think. Changed your life? Yeah. In a good way? Yeah. At the time I really didn't see it like that. I really struggled when uh, Juliana was born. I'd went, spent six weeks actually where I just couldn't look at her. Wow, okay. Uh, When she was first born. Uh, there'd be times I'd go home for working and sit in the car for hours rather than having to go in and see her. So were you were you excited when, when Amy was pregnant? I was excited, delighted actually. Yeah. Um, grew up, I always knew I wanted to be a dad. I always and knew that came, yeah, there. Just... Yep, and when she was born it was, uh, that's what I was saying earlier when I was saying I struggled with control. Mm-hmm. That's when it really came to a blow, how, quite how serious it was in my life actually, how much an issue it was for me. How did that make you feel as a dad? It was a vicious cycle for me, mm-hmm. because like when newborns you can't, you can't control them in a sense, mm-hmm. that you don't know what's up with them, you don't, uh, if they're crying you don't always say it and you wonder what's up with them. So then, like, I'd... I'd really resent her because she'd cry in the, uh, at the time and then because and I couldn't control how she was feeling and then I'd resent her and then I'd feel terrible for resenting her of course uh, and then it was a vicious cycle and over and over for six weeks that's, that is brutal and that couldn't have made things easier for you and Amy and I'm not going to ask you to go into detail on that but I'm sure that must have made life pretty, pretty tough um, but of course that didn't last um, but how did you feel about God during that time? Those, those kind of tough, tough few weeks. That six weeks, I'd, I just totally turned my back. Do you think that made it worse? Yep. Yeah. Reflecting back, it does. Okay. 
So it's hard to see these situations happening at the time that they're happening. Of course it is. Okay, so Juliana comes along. You have a a tough time at the start. Um, What happens next then once you start to... How do you get over that? How does that... How do you go from... Resenting, resenting, not being in control, you know, dreading going home. How do you go from that to to where you, you end up? Uh, it was actually uh, Amy supported me a lot. She took on a lot of the work that I should have been helping her with yeah. at the time so that I wouldn't be uh, with, her too, uh, with Juliana too much. Uh, she'd... Anytime she'd cry and she'd deal with it at that she'd time, just because she knew that she knew how much I would, well, said she knew, but eventually she knew how I was feeling. Yeah. I think it was about three or four weeks in before I actually told Amy, because I wanted to control it, I wanted to make it better myself. Yeah, and we're not in control, we can't be, because yeah. we're useless at it. So, you mentioned you turned your back on God during that time. When did you start to look look for God again during that? Did you start to then say, I, I need help, I need you to take control of this? Did, did you ever ask for that? It was through my, uh, I'd mentioned my mentor in uh, Roman Road, it was mm-hmm. through discussions yeah. with him and stuff, and he helped me realise that that is kind of a, a normalish feeling with a, you know, like with a newborn and stuff, mm-hmm. that you do, like it's normal to struggle. That is of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's a big ad- adaptation and he's always been good for pointing me back to God and he always takes time to read through the word with me and stuff when I'm struggling. It's he's always first go to it's never a like a self help if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And that's why I've always relied on him to like help bring me back if that makes sense. I want you to remember that when I when I have a way and I start to struggle. You know, you'll remind me of this conversation, right? Yep. <laughs> okay, so Things are starting to get better then, right? So we don't, we don't want to dwell on that too. Yep. So things are getting better. Um, you're still at uni, you're now progressing into that. Um, your walk with Jesus is now on the right path. You came to Hope uh, Ballanark because you wanted to start focusing <coughs> on your walk. You wanted to get away from being the one that was running this and that and the next thing and, and, and you didn't want to distract yourself. You wanted to be you and Jesus as part of a as part of a, a, a body of Christ in the jobs. Did you find that at, at Hope? Was that way, how things progressed? It did, in the sense that uh, without me openly knowing it, it did, it did help. Like, I don't know that I would have uh, survived through Isaac's diagnosis yeah. if it wasn't for... Uh, how this church has helped point me to Christ everywhere, even though even through folk who probably didn't even know they were doing it at the time. Yeah. Uh, so that comes a little bit, you know, probably what two years, a, a year or two later. Right. Then why, yeah. why don't we just jump to that and, and talk us through that that situation? So obviously Isaac's your your your, your second born your son. Isaac's my son. He's only thirteen months between uh, him and Juliana. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was uh, diagnosed at 19 days with cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic condition that they caught, that the genes carried over from me and Amy. There's only 
You can that, was not, that was not long before the start of all this pandemic, is that right? Yeah, he was born in the January, January and the pandemic started Sorry. in March. Okay. So 19 days old and, and being diagnosed with that, is that, I, I remember what you guys were going through at the time, you, that's what you were dreading. No. Yeah. It was the same with Juliana actually, but obviously Juliana's not got it, but it was the waiting on that uh, heel prick test coming back, mm -hmm. waiting on her. Uh, but obviously when we came, the result came, you just, you kind of, it was a blow. Uh, looking back a few years ago, I don't think I would have uh, coped with that. You, you struggle through the rational thoughts of thinking, uh, like, it was my fault that he, yeah. he's got this because it's yeah, I gave him the gene. Mm -hmm. So you struggle through that thingy, but like I said, we're looking, uh, we're talking about how the walk, uh, my walk is going. Uh, we have been in hope, and I, I feel that has uh, developed me in the sense that I do look to Jesus more in these situations. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, I feel that I have given God more control than thingy that. Uh, obviously, she's still got him. Uh, still a, a sin I struggle with on a, d a daily basis. That, uh, well, it's a daily battle for all of us, you know. I just feel that I have, I have seized in this church has helped me. Thing, I feel that my walk with others is uh, like walking alongside others is uh, like that battle's hindered. Yeah. Uh, my walking, getting alongside others, and even hanging about with other members in the church as much. Like as many times I felt like, do I, do I really fit in here? Do I think it? But it's and Amy's, Amy's loving it. So Amy's always pushes me to continue to come. But and we I, love you being here, man. Like it's no, we all that that's the one thing I love about our church. None of us are the same. Yep. We're all different. We all have different hobbies, different personalities, um, but we're all there for the one reason, and that's what brings us all together. And 100% you fit in, of course. And I do feel I fit in, I know, uh, I do feel I fit in. Uh, it's just this battle is more intense now mm -hmm. that, uh, than it's ever been because I've been coming to this church the whole go away, coming to a church that is so focused on walking with God and making sure your walk with God is, uh, is well before you do anything else. It's the whole uh, point, purpose they want to join a church yeah. like this and this battle is more intense because of that. and. I feel that God is winning the battle. Excellent. Okay, so that then brings us on to COVID. Obviously, it's been a it's been a tough year and a bit. Um, how have you survived during it all? Because you're still you're still at uni during this. Like that must yep. have been mental. <clears throat> so I was what a focal. Maybe I think I'm looking at me crazy because I'm working in the hospitals, I'm working with COVID, but I was one of the lucky ones to be working through COVID. Yeah. I would have rather been working in amongst COVID than, uh, than being at home stuck, being fur on furlough at home uh, in the house way. So, I ask you a question, how does that make you feel that you were in, in, a, in amongst it all, but you had a, you had Isaac back at home and you were potentially taking it home? How did that make you feel? I know you can only do what you can do. Yeah, I get that. But. And it was never, uh, it was never an op. Like there was, a, I could have opted. Uh, students got the choice to whether opt in or opt out uh, placement at the time. And uh, for me, it was never an option to uh, opt out. Yeah, I was always going to. And 
there was a risk of taking back to Isaac, but I just not felt a piece of that, but I just felt that it was my duty to go and help and yeah. I just felt God to give my comfort and my strength to get through it at the time. You know and of me? course you actually caught it, didn't you? But you didn't yeah. pass it on. Yep, uh, I caught it in September. Mm -hmm. yeah, my mum gave me it for my birthday, which is very nice. <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday. Do you know the reason I remember is because we were very close to him to isolate because we, we were allowed to play football at the time and you played football with his sister a yep. few days or a week before it happened and then I remember yep. coming up and But Aye, surprisingly, nobody else in my household at least showed symptoms enough to go get tested yeah. to catch a virus. But. And that's good. So, how was Chumps for you during that time then? Because we were all on Zoom and I absolutely hated it. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't engage with it, if I'm honest, I really struggled with that. What was your time like during that? Uh, my, I felt like my reading kept, like my own personal reading of that kept up to date during that, but online Zoom just wasn't uh, for me. Yeah, I'm with you. And I did go weeks and weeks of missing it, which I was finding excuses to miss it just because I hated the whole thingy, online Zoom, but obviously that wasn't the right decision for me yeah. to make either. But, but hey, we're all together now. I'm just so glad, even if we're distanced and we need to stay distanced and we need to wear masks, that we can be here together again. Absolutely. Amen to that. And hopefully that, that never changes now. Um, okay, so that brings us pretty much up to now. Is there anything else that you think we've maybe missed that you want to, you want to add before we... No, no, I think that's us. Amazing. So usually at the end of the, the podcast, we'll get you to um, read out your favourite verse of the Bible, which you have already um, open in front of you. So why don't you read that out and tell us why Why it's your favourite? No, it's Psalm 128 in verse 1, and it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. And it's actually a tattoo that I've got tattooed on my arm, actually. And I was just remembering reading Psalm 108, I was reading through the Psalms, and it just spoke to me one day. And I just think it's a great reminder to have in my arm that every day I look at it, and it's that reminder yeah. that uh, although it's. Uh, just that great reminder to have, and it often brings up conversations with people as well because they're always interested in tattoos. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, so if you had a message for anyone who's maybe struggling with sin or struggling with control, what, what, would, you, what would you say to them? What piece of advice would you give them? Uh, it would be just try and give control back to God. I know it's difficult when you're stuck deep in the, uh, when you're stuck deep in sin to see any other option out, but the only way out is to look to God to help you and to give that control back to God again. It's He's a God who controls everything that's happening. Like, there's nothing in this world that happens out with His control. And it's a burden that you don't need to carry alone. He also, He already carried that burden for you. Yeah, for sure. Amen. Good piece of advice. Okay, well, thanks for coming on. Um, I'll just pray for us, um, just as we as we finish up. If that's okay. Thanks for having me, Lord. Uh, I thank you for this time again. I thank you that 
you've allowed us to to meet together like this, to, to share our stories of how how we've been saved, Lord, and how you work in our lives. Lord, sin is a daily battle for all of us, but you are in control. We know that we can hand our burdens off to you because you have already sacrificed yourself for sin, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for Jordan. I thank you that he's been very open and honest with us tonight. Um, some of the things discussed were, were quite deep and, and hard-hitting, hard but Lord, I, I'm so thankful that, that you were able to give him that courage to, to speak out and, and show his love for you, Lord. I just ask that you bless us tonight. You bless us for the rest of the week, Lord, and that you're looking after us and guiding us through, um, through any, any times that we're battling this in, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the My Hope Story podcast. To find out how you can have your own hope story, go to www.myhopestory.co.uk. Praise our mighty God.